So much so. So looking forward today. Today is uh, the third in, uh, in the, prayer, the prayer series, Pray Strong. And uh, some amazing things are happening at 2911. Just before we go to prayer, uh, I wanted to tell you about uh, some prayer requests that I need you to be praying for before we go to prayer. And uh, Zach Reed, and I don't see Zach this morning, uh, but Zach, who's our soldier that we've been praying for, he came, he came home from Afghanistan just a little over a month ago. Uh, they're very involved. Brittany works down, down the hall with uh, Kids Church. And uh, he, since he's come back from Afghanistan, he's needed a job. He's not been able to find a job. So we need you to be praying for Zach because, well, actually, Zach started a new job about two weeks ago. God gave him one. Would somebody say praise God for that and just give God a hand of praise? Yeah, I, I was teasing you a little bit. I knew that. I was just kind of teasing you. I was letting you know what the need was because sometimes, you know, you can't, you can't really enjoy and appreciate the answer if you don't really think about how deep the need is first. So I want to tell you about that. But we do have some that do need, and uh, one of them is Mike Adams. Mike normally sits over here. He was in early service. Mike has been, had been without a job for uh, several months, and he, he works side jobs in between trying to find. So you'll be praying for him and his family. Well, actually, i got to tell you, this past week, Mike started a new job as well. He got a job. Hey, Amen. Go ahead and give him a hand of praise for that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so okay, so I've, I've teased you twice. I'm sorry. Okay, but uh, we do have somebody we need to pray for. Uh, I don't know if you know, Maria had a bad accident, about a car accident about a year ago, and uh, she uh, has not fully recovered from that, and she's been needing a job, you know, really ever since. Of course, she's not been able to work, but now she's able to work, but it's got to be a particular kind of a job. So she really needs some specific prayers for God. Well, can I tell you, she just started a new job. Somebody say praise God for that. Amen. <laughs> I don't know how many times I go to that well and, and t tease you guys. How about one more story, though, even though you know how it's going to end? Two weeks ago, Jamie's sister, Jenny, was with us, uh, lives in Enterprise. She and her husband um, just settled there. Again, that's her hometown, but uh, he just finished his enlistment with the Army. And uh, so they've been, they've been back in state for six months, and he's not been able to find a job. She was with us two weeks ago in service with us here. And uh, that was the morning we started the Pray Strong series. God spoke some things to her that morning, and so she started praying strong. Now, the next week or so, she was with Jamie on a work vacation thing, uh, and they were, they were actually out of the country on a little work vacation thing. And she was praying this and asking for six months, has not been able to find a job. But this past Tuesday, while she was out of the country, she got word from her husband that she had gotten a call, and he has gotten a job. And they're working out the time. Go ahead. Give God a hand of praise for that. Now listen. Since the launch, we have seen God do amazing things at 2911. I mean, this, this is nothing new, okay? So if you're new here and you think this is new, no, this is nothing new. But it's an amazing turn of events to me about how God's doing some different things now. And about how God is really, you know, and, and here's God's thing. God, He does it with, with this perfect timing so that you get it. I mean, get it now, okay? You need to get this. Is that God says, pray, and I'll answer your need. And so we start praying. We start praying strong. We start praying specific. We start praying according to our covenant, not according to our beautiful prayers, but according to the covenant that was bought by the blood of Jesus. Those are the two points, the two sermons we already preached to you about praying specific and praying according to the covenant. 
We start praying that, and look what God does. I mean, God does it just that time, and I'm glad he didn't do it after today because, then, man, it really fits real well into the message today to tell you about those four. And I can tell you others. I was looking back yesterday of a couple of, couple of messages I got. Uh, 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 email, I think one was, and one was, I think, a, a Facebook uh, message that somebody sent to me about how in that first week, Families were praying and praying about what, whatever the way God laid it on their heart to pray in that very first sermon. And, and they began praying, and God started meeting needs that very week. I mean, God does it so that we get it. You know, it's not when we just pray and say, God, you know, I really need something, but specific, according to covenant. And one more thing I want to tell you. We've talked about the oil. We've talked about uh, the blood. And today we're going to talk about the Word of God and how the Word of God needs to be in your prayers if you're going to pray strong. Pray specific. Pray according to the covenant. And the covenant that was bought by the blood of Jesus, that's kind of that's like your basis of faith. Why do you pray? Why do you believe? Because of the blood of Jesus. It's the basis of your faith. But then today, pray according to the Word of God. I, got, I don't normally have my Bible in here because... Uh, you know, I don't normally bring it down to the front because, you know, uh, my mom said the other day she heard somebody preach and they said, we used to say open your Bibles, now we say turn on your apps, you know, your Bible apps. Whichever it is, whichever it is, there's power in the Word of God. And you need to have that into your, in your prayer. So let's have a word of prayer and let's get into this last message. Father, I love you and thank you, God for so many miracles, God, that you have already begun working, Lord, in this time of prayer that we've been in, God, and studying prayer and, and seeking prayer and going deeper in God. And God, it was obvious, Lord, that even before we prayed, you were laying groundwork for many of these miracles that we've talked about and these others, God, that I don't have time to share. God, I, I believe you're still going to do that. And God, you're laying a foundation for something else, another step, another place that we're going to take this, God, according to your direction. I pray, God, help us get this. Help us get this, God, and help us go even deeper in our prayer so, God, our prayers can be stronger and stronger. And, God, and challenge the powers of the enemy, God, that are embattling uh, not just our church and our people, God, but embattling our, our nation, our communities, our families, God, the very, the very core of, of who we are and the fabric of our society and culture, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name, give us that strength in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Okay, now, this week... I saw some stats from the Pew Research Center, and that's what they do, is they do research, they take surveys and polls and those kinds of things. Three little numbers I wanted to share with you and uh, that, I, that I found. I thought some of this was interesting. First one was 79%, right? 79% of all Americans pray at least monthly. 79% of Americans, not just Christians, all Americans. 79% of them pray at least monthly. And 58, is that it? 58% pray daily. 58% of Americans say they pray daily. Okay, now they weren't doing this, you know, to get a job promotion or anything. I mean, they were just answering a survey. 58% of them pray. There's a lot of prayer going on. I mean, that amazes me because I, I look at this country and I see how this country is turning their back on God so much, yet they're still praying. Now, now, that don't compute to me. Does it compute to you? No, but that didn't blow my mind near as much as this last one. Even 17% of atheists and agnostics say they pray at least once a month. What are you praying to if you're an atheist? 
You know, why are you praying? You, do, you don't even believe there's something there listening. Why are you praying? If you're an agnostic, you're saying, ah, you know, it doesn't really matter even if there is a God. So what, what are your prayers for? How in the world? You know why? Because even though this, this country is turning us back on God, even though we're doing what we want to instead of what God tells us to, there is something inside every one of us that makes us know there is another being, there is a higher being, deity out there who wants to help us with our problems and makes us cry out to that being and say, help me when I'm in the middle of a problem. That's amazing to me that we know this, that we know this. Did you know there was that much prayer going on? In America? I mean, you know, to hear the news reports and stuff, you'd think there wasn't, wasn't any prayer going on. I mean, there's a lot of prayer still going on. And, and I believe God hears every prayer. I believe God hears everything said. I believe He answers some prayer. I believe He even answers some atheist prayers. Because once just give them a little taste and say, guess what I'll do for you if you follow me? And start believing it. I believe God even answers some prayers like that just to give them a taste. But the true strength of prayer in James chapter 5, verse 16, the, the last half of that, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Today, as we wrap up this, this sermon series, listen, this is, a, this is a third point I'm bringing to you, but this is not supposed to be the end. This is kind of where I hand it off to you now, okay? Giving you three sermons. Now, I got to go, go on to something else next week. So now it's in your lap. Do something with it. Dig on, dig, keep on digging, get deep, get stronger in your praying because you still got needs, right? You still got things you need. And guess what? There's another battle coming. If you got all of your miracles handled this week, there's another battle coming somewhere down the road. You're going to have something else. So you got to keep on going stronger. So let's get this last one here today, okay? All right. So let's talk about the power of word. You ever thought about how powerful words are? I mean, somebody can say a word and destroy your day. Somebody had it happen this week, right, at work. I mean, you know, somebody can say just, just a couple little words and totally wreck your day. Or somebody can say a word and make your day, right? I mean, somebody can just say, thanks. And it, I mean, it just turns your day around, you know, because nobody's ever thanked me at work, you know. I mean, they treat me like, you know, they're doing me a favor by giving me a paycheck, you know. And somebody says, thanks, and it turns your day around. Or somebody can say a word it doesn't even matter what word they say, but just by the look on their face, that cynical look or whatever, it just destroys you. I mean, words are powerful, but the most powerful words are words that are spoken in authority. Okay, have you ever spoken and tried to tell somebody to do something you didn't have the authority to tell them? You know, and so they didn't have to listen to you? You know, like that smart aleck kid, you know, over on the playground? You know, like, I've had this happen. You know, you're playing with your kids at the playground, you know, or, or maybe... Uh, your grandkids, you know, I got grandkids now and we're taking them to the playground. And you see this kid, you know, on top of the monkey bars, you know, he's hanging upside down and everything. And you think he is about to fall and break every single bone in his body. You're looking around, I don't, where, where's dad at? Where's mom at? You know, and you're trying to, uh, hey, I'm worried about your son, you know, can't find him. And so, you know, you, you try to find the, the best way you can to say it without making him angry or whatever. You walk over, you say, hey, buddy, uh, man, uh, why don't you come down? I'm worried you're going to fall up there. And then he says, you're not my dad. And then he's like, okay, I hope you break every bone in your body. No, you don't say that, do you? <laughs> you, you fight that temptation, but I mean, it makes you want to say it, doesn't it? You're like, you know, but, okay, but I don't have any authority. You know, the only, only thing I can do is I can mess with him for about five or 10 minutes there. You know, I can kind of make his life miserable by whining. Why don't you get down? You got to, you know, and just go, but let his dad walk up. 
I got to say this. If his dad has not abdicated authority, which a lot of dads have done today, but if his dad is if his dad has been a dad, let his dad walk up and say, "Son, that's all it takes, right? Come on, somebody. You, heard, you ever heard? Did you ever hear that when you're son? And I was all it, you know. You recognize the voice, and the voice of authority had spoken. And this was not somebody else's dad who could just make your life miserable for five or ten minutes. This was the guy you had to go home with." that could make your life miserable for the rest of your childhood years. I mean, you know, he could, you know, he, he could set you in the corner and time out. He could make you not watch your favorite TV shows the rest of the day. He could even make you choose not to sit down anymore because it's going to be too painful for the rest of the day. You know, he, he could really mess your life up. He has authority. And, the, and the, the word of authority has power. And no more word has more power in this universe than the word of God because he has ultimate authority. And, you know, whereas I could make my kid's life miserable for 18 years or so and probably on beyond that, you know, I could, God can make your life miserable for forever into eternity. Not five years, not five minutes, not five decades, but for eternity, God, God can impact your life. You know, he can make your life miserable or he can make your life awesome by speaking a good word into your life. Instead of speaking bad, by speaking good word, his, his word is all-powerful. Let me show you how much. I'll take you to the first place in Scripture where we see the power of God through His Word. You know where it's at? In the third verse. I mean, we see this. It is so early. We see this almost immediately in Scripture. The third verse of the Bible shows us the power of God's Word. Okay? Verse one of chap- uh, verse 3 of chapter 1 in, in the book of Genesis, God said, Let there be light, and it was done. Isn't that amazing? God said, let there be light, and there was light. No fanfare, no bells and whistles. You know, it didn't need anything else. You know what? He didn't need anybody else. You ever needed somebody to pray with you? God never did. He was all by himself, and he said, let there be light. Boom, there was light. It just happened. God just spoke it, and it happened. And, and on the next day, he said, uh, let's, let's divide the water. So let the waters here on the earth stay, on, and then let the mist, you know, in the clouds, they can go. And, and so he created the sky. He said, let them be separate. He created the sky. And then he said, let's gather the waters together and, and, and let the dry ground appear. Boom, it happened. Dry ground came up and split the waters into lakes, rivers, streams, oceans, and seas. And, and, uh, and then, then he, uh, he also said, let vegetation appear. And grass started growing and, and uh, trees started growing and bushes and shrubs and flowers started all growing and, and bearing seed. He just said it and all those things started happening. I, I mean, you know, I think about the, the, the complexities of, of all the stuff God created and he just spoke it and it all just happened so beautifully and awesomely. It just happened because of his awesome power. And, and then, then he said, uh, let there be lights in the heavens, let there be the sun and the moon and all the stars. And when he put those in the, in the sky and he put those in the heavens, he stuck them there. And, you know, like the sun, I mean, we, we know we go around the sun, but the sun is also moving. Our whole solar system is moving. And all these planets are moving. The, earth, the, the, the moon is moving. And I mean, it's, it's just perfect for us. You know, in this 365 and a quarter day that we have, I mean, it's perfect for us. The, the moon going around and the tides that we have, it's just perfect for the life that we live here. And God set all that in motion. And once he spoke it, it was set in motion, and it's still in motion today, the way he said it. And then he said, let, let the waters of the earth, let them, let them swarm with fish. 
and all these other creatures that he created in the lakes and the rivers and the seas and the oceans. And, and he said, let the, uh, let the birds of the, of the air begin to fly. And, you know, he created all the birds. And then on the next day, he, he, uh, he said, let there be creatures begin to come forth and, uh, the, the creeping and crawling creatures and the wild animals and, and also the livestock, the ones that, you know, mankind will tame and eat. And he said, let it happen. And it happened. That was the same day he also created Adam and Eve. But God just speaks it. And it happens. It just happens. Look, look, a couple of more verses. Psalm 33, verse 6 and 9. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. Their starry host the breath of, by the breath of His mouth. For He spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. And Hebrews 11, verse 3 says, By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. When God speaks, it's not a suggestion. When He says, let there be light, it wasn't a suggestion. Why doesn't somebody turn on the lights? It wasn't like me suggesting to the little boy, get down off the monkey bars. When God speaks, it's not a suggestion, it's a command. It happens. God speaks, and it happens. You know, I don't know if you follow me, where we're going with this with prayer. We need God to speak into our lives. Because when He speaks, it happens. What do you need? You need God to just speak it into your life. You need Him to speak it into existence. You need Him to just say, you are blessed with this. And if He says it, it's going to happen. Okay, because here, here's one of the reasons God's Word is so powerful. Because God's Word is truth. His Word is truth. Okay, read a couple of verses of Scripture. And listen, I'm giving you more Scripture today than I normally do, but I can't preach a sermon on the Word of God without giving you a lot of the Word of God, right? Okay, so, so here we go. Psalm 119, verse 160 says, All your words are true. All your righteous laws are eternal. In Numbers 23, verse 19, God is not human that He should lie. He's not a human being that He should change His mind. Does He speak and then not act? Does He promise and not fulfill? He, he's never lied. He is truth. Okay, but there's this thing about truth. You and I, we, we look at truth and, and we, we kind of look at, a lot of times we look at God like ourselves and we imagine God the way we imagine ourselves. Like that God has to speak truth because he's truthful. You know, he's full of truth. And like you may have friends that you could say, now that man right there, I know, you know, he might mess up or he might make a mistake, but he will never tell you a lie. He is truthful. He will tell you the truth every time. At the best of his ability, he'll tell you. That's not who God is. See, because here's the way we are. It's like there's truth. Okay, there's truth. Let's go ahead and put it here in the center. Okay, there's truth right here, right? Uh, and this is what truth is. And we as human beings... We choose to align ourselves with truth. We choose to believe truth. We choose to speak truth. But we don't, we're not necessarily connected to truth. Now that's not who God is. God is truth. If it comes out of His mouth, it's truth. When He spoke it, that's when it became truth. There wasn't truth that God joined up with. God was, and then He spoke truth into existence. Think about it this way. If thousands of years ago when God was speaking all this truth, He had spoken something different than He spoke, He would not have been untruthful. Truth would have changed. Because truth is whatever comes out of Him. Because He is truth. Understand, that's the difference. The difference is you and I, we align ourselves with truth, hopefully. But God, He is truth. Truth aligns itself with God. Whatever He speaks is truth. Oh, come on, somebody. I need him to speak truth into my life. I need him to speak a good truth in my life for tomorrow. What, what are you facing? You need him to speak a good truth about your life tomorrow. That's what you need because when he speaks it, it is truth. Okay. Let me give you another, let me give you another way that we, we, we kind of gauge power and strength. Last man standing. I mean, in, in this world, 
you know, especially here in this, this part of the country, you know, with our college football and all that kind of stuff, last man standing wins, you know. But it's not just that. It's in war. Last man standing wins. It doesn't really necessarily matter who had the best battle plan, the last man standing wins. Whoever surrenders and gives up and their last man standing is the champion. And in our court system as well. Sadly, last man standing wins. It doesn't matter who was right in the first place, often in our court system even. The last man, maybe the man with the most money to fight it and to stay in the battle, last man standing wins. I mean, that's the way we look at things a lot. If that's the case then I submit to you that if the last man standing is champion, God's Word is champion. Because it will be the last thing standing. Let me take you to some more scripture, okay? Uh, Psalm 119, two verses here. Long ago I learned from your statutes that you established them to last forever. Your Word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 24-25 says, All people are like grass. All their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Maybe the most powerful is what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, verse 35. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Everything in this world is going to fall, is going to die, is going to pass away. The, the, the earth and the heavens the Word of God tells us one day is going to pass away. It's going to be, it's going to go away in a violent fire. And when it does, guess what's still going to be standing? The Word of God is still going to be standing. The Word of God is champion. No matter what you're facing, the Word of God is champion. You need the Word of God in your life. You need the Word of God on your side. You need the Word of God in your prayers. When you, if you want to pray strong, start praying the Word of God. Start throwing it at your enemy. Start throwing it. Example. I mean, the best example. Is Matthew chapter 4. When Jesus Christ himself stood toe-to-toe with the leader of hell, Satan himself, and was being tempted, what did Jesus do? Matthew chapter 4, we got it. It says the tempter came to him. This is selected out of verses 3 through 11. Jesus answered. He was tempted. Jesus answered. It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Satan tempts him again. What does Jesus say? Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Satan tempts him again. What does Jesus do? Finally, Jesus speaks to Satan and he says, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels came and ministered and attended to Jesus. What did Jesus do? Jesus, the Son of God, the one who would take away the sin of the world, the one who was anointed with the, with the power of the Holy Spirit, who, who raised the dead back to life, who spoke all these things. What did he do when he faced his own temptations? He used the Word of God because the Word of God is champion over everything else. And, and if, you want to, if, if you're in a battle, man, the thing you need is you need the Word of God because it's a champion that when the battle is over, the Word of God will still be standing. Even if you fail, the Word of God will still be standing. It's your champion. And it, and it always will be your champion. The Word of God is the champion. And finally, let me tell you, the Word of God is so powerful. It cannot fail. It, it is absolutely impossible for it to fail. Now, I've heard that claim made, no doubt you have too, by salesmen. Oh, well, it's got a good warranty, but you won't ever need it because these things never break down. You ever heard that? Can I tell you something? God's Word has no warranty. You don't get double your money back or any kind of thing like that. 
because it doesn't need a warranty, because it cannot fail. It is absolutely impossible for the Word of God to fail. Right here. In Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11, God says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making the earth bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. Think about this. The water comes down through rain and snow and it does all these things. Think about all that it does and good for us. Think about all the good that it does. God says it does not return back to the heavens until it does what it's supposed to do, until it brings all this good to the earth. So is my word, God says, that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty or void, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. When he speaks his word, he says it is just like that rain. It comes and brings... You know, and have you ever been asleep and wake up the next morning and it rained? And the grass just looks refreshed? You know, that's, that's the way his word is. You don't even have to be paying attention to it. When he speaks his word, it is going to do what he sends it to do. His word cannot fail. Even if you fall asleep on God, even if I lay down and quit on God, even if all of us fail, whatever he says is going to happen. His word cannot fail. That's why we need his word in our prayers. Man, by all means, we need to figure out how to get his word into our lives. And I don't mean carrying it around. I mean get, actually getting it in here we got to figure out how to get this Word into our lives. we we got to figure out, you, know, you need the Word of God spoken into your life. And I know you say, well, Pastor, I don't have anybody around me speaking that good stuff into me. Then take matters in your own hands and speak some Word anyway. That's what Jesus did. He didn't wait for he didn't wait for Simon Peter, Andrew, Mark, and all. He didn't wait for them to show up and speak word. He was in battle and he spoke word. Find some word and speak for yourself. God has given me a word. Some of you got promises. You got promises that God has given to you. Let me tell you how it works for me. Is I, I used to read the Bible very kind of disciplined. I would say that made it really hard to. I would read a certain amount every day. Man, I'd make it hard. Because it was like, oh man, you get over there in Leviticus, you're reading all that stuff, you know. It's hard to read that amount. And so, you know, I, I finally one day I just decided, I'm going to read till God speaks to me. When He speaks to me, I'm just going to stop right there and me and God's going to just talk about this a little bit. And man, it just opened up. Wow! It opened His Word up. No longer do I read with a, a, a dreading, opening the Bible or opening my Bible app because I normally read it on my, on my smartphone. No longer do I dread read. I open that and think, what is God going to speak to me today? And it was, it's been amazing. Uh, the last week and a half of some things that I knew I was preparing for and, and, and some meetings that we were going to have and some discussions we were going to have about our next space, about where we're trying to go. You know, and, and even talking to leaders in Kimberly about the IGA building. It was amazing to me that I ended up in, I've been in Acts for several weeks now, in the book of Acts, and I ended up writing these, these chapters and God is speaking all this stuff to me. And I'm about, and it's like, it's amazing. And how does God do that? Because, you know, all this other time he's been speaking to me about other things going on in my life. And it's like, man, all this thing, is this all, how does God do that? I don't know, you know, there is no way you could not put all this stuff on the calendar 
If you had all the brightest minds and the biggest computers in the world, you could not put it on a calendar the way God orders my life and he speaks to me out of the word of God and right in the middle of where I'm in my devotions right now. It is amazing. Let me tell you something. If you'll ever learn that, if you'll ever try that, you will be blown away. 20 years of pastoring, more years of ministry than that. I don't know how many. I'd have to ask David. She'd probably have to add it up herself. And I'm still blown away when I'm reading and the Holy Spirit says, that's for you today. And I say, wow, it sure is. That speaks to exactly what I'm dealing with today. You need that. Because then when you get it, what do you do with it? Then when you face that lion, that bear, that army, that devil, whatever it is that you're facing that day, and you say, no, 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 wait a minute. I got a promise. And you pray and you say, it is written. And God told me this is for me today. And you know what? I should just end right here and say, now y'all get out there and do it. Go find your word. I don't mean find your Bible. I mean find your word, your personal word. Go find it. Some of you might have to find this before you find your personal one. It's been so long. Oh, well, I didn't mean to meddle too much there. I should just say, Let, just get out. Now go find your word. But God... God has been sweet enough today to allow me to take you one more step and to give you a little appetite and to show you a little bit about how this works. See, because if, if you're going to get that, you've got to read and listen. Read and listen. Don't just read. Read and listen. Read and listen, okay? Let me show you. Give you some scriptures right here. Acts chapter 16, verse 31, Paul tells a jailer, a prison guard, he says, believe in the Lord Jesus, you will be saved, you and your household. Imagine one day you've been worried about your parents. I want, man, I really want my parents to get saved before it gets too late. My, my dad's real sick or my, my mom's real sick. I, I want them to get saved before they die. Or, or maybe your kids have, have walked away from God. Or maybe your spouse isn't saved. Maybe you've become a Christian, your spouse is not. And, and, you've been, and you're worried about that. And you're reading all of a sudden in Acts chapter 16, you get to this verse. And it says, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved, you and your household. And then the Holy Spirit just quickens you and says, that's a promise for you today. I'm going to save your whole household. Wow, amazing, isn't it? That happens. But you know, it can't happen until you're reading that Scripture first. I mean, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to get in here and read before you can listen and hear the Word of God. And that is a, that is a promise for household. And I believe in household salvation personally. You're pastor. I believe in household salvation. And if you're struggling with that in any way, hey, come talk to me. I, I, I got some stuff I'll, I'll share with you on that. But wouldn't that be amazing for that? Or, or what about healing? If you're sick and you're, one day you're running across Isaiah 53, verse 5, he was pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. The, the punishment that brought us peace was on him. There, there's even more in there than just healing, isn't there? I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're all upset, you're, you're discouraged or whatever, it says even the chastisement that brought us peace was on him. There's a promise. And it says, and by his wounds, we are healed. Imagine reading that in the Holy Spirit saying, that's for you today. You know, you've been, you've been praying and you've been sick and the doctors have shook their heads and said, there's nothing else we can do. And then you're reading that and God says, this is for you today. That's your promise. Now you've got the word of God that you can pray in power and strength. Or, or over there in James where James says, is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let him pray for them, anointing them with oil. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up and heal him. And if, when you're reading that, you say, wow. And God says, that's a promise for you. But you can't get that unless you're reading it, or, or provision. Malachi chapter 3. I know that's the tithing offering scripture, right? But you know what? It's more than that. 
It's provision and protection. He says, uh, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so there may be food in my house. Test me now in this, but I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing until it overflows. So much you can't contain it. And then I will rebuke the devourer for you. You know what he's saying? There's a promise that is there. And so if, if, if you're having a hard time meeting your budget, you know, your budget's always got a red number at the bottom. And, you know, you've been worried about this and thinking about this and praying about this. And you're reading the Word of God. Boom, you get right here. God says, if you'll do what I tell you to do, I will provide more for you than you can handle. And then I will rebuke the devourer that keeps stealing from you what I give you. And God said, wow, this is for you. He said, wow, amazing. And now you've got your own Word to pray. Your Word from God. Fear, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power and love and of a sound mind. That is right. I shouldn't be. What am I fearful of? Or when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Isaiah 43, 2. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. And the flames shall not consume you. You've been there, haven't you? Some of you have been there this week. Wouldn't it be amazing that the next time that you're walking through waters and you're feeling overwhelmed, all of life is crashing down upon you. You run across this scripture and the Holy Spirit reminds you, or you're walking through the fire and it seems like the whole world is trying to kill you and destroy you and you, you don't think you're going to make it out of this one and you run across this scripture and the Holy Spirit says, that's a promise for you today that no matter what you walk through, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to uphold you and it will not overflow you and it will not burn you. That's your promise today. Wouldn't it be amazing to get that? But you can't get it until you read first. And I had to throw Philippians 4 in there uh, for any need, right? But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory. Imagine you've got so many needs you can't even list them all. God, help me here. And you run across the Scripture. My God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And the Holy Spirit says, that's yours today. He says, I've got mine now. Now I can face tomorrow. Now I can face my enemy. Now I can face uh, the despondency. Now I can face the uncertainty of what... And then God's Word also promises family to those who have none or feel abandoned. That's some of you right here. If you need that, some of those Scriptures, let me know. God's Word promises guidance, direction, wisdom, instruction. It promises His presence and protection and safety for those who are in battle. Uh, strength and refreshing to those who feel weak. Peace and comfort to those discouraged, distressed, and depressed. All that and more right here. It's already yours. It's already there. You just need to start praying it. You just need to start praying it and believing that God wants to give you these things He says. Because when He speaks it, not just here to us, but when He speaks it to you, then it has to happen. It has to happen. It cannot return to Him empty. You just